0: welcome back this is the daily thunder podcast i'm your host ryan woods i'm here tonight as usual with daily thunder beat writer brandon rabar brandon how are you man
1: i'm good man it was a it was a step in the right direction if you want to get a kate cunningham or an evan mobley or one of the Jalen's tonight (laughs) And yeah, there, there, were some, there were some fun positives tonight that you know you don't usually see in a twenty point blowout.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Oklahoma City dropped tonight's game one twenty three one hundred two at Chicago. Um, really, the starters from the beginning of the game just got really worked. Um, Zach Levine was was completely unguardable and. We should note Lou Dort was out tonight. He was a late scratch. Did you see that one? Um, Was that like an hour and a half before the game or was that earlier in the day?
1: Yeah, it was when Mark Dagnall made it official in his media call, which was an hour and a half before tip-off. He was Mm -hmm. questionable as of even last night and then all day today. Uh, I think that, you know, they probably knew that he wasn't going to play, but, you know, wanted to, to play the charade with Billy Donovan a little bit, uh, make Zach Levine sweat a little bit, but I'm sure uh, Zach was the most pumped uh, about Lou Dort not playing tonight. That's for sure.
0: No question. And he took full advantage. He, uh, he went for 40. Uh, He was a plus 36. He uh, went seven for 12 from the free, the three point line. Fifteen of twenty overall, seventy-five percent from the floor, fifty-eight percent from the three-point line. It was just incredible. He is, uh, he is such an incredible scorer. Uh, it's Mark- so. Laurie marketing, so real quick twenty uh, twenty-two to go along with that. So yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say it's so funny. First impressions are so everlasting. Every time Zach Levine shoots, it, he's been shooting. Uh, over forty percent from three point range all season long, and he's been a great shooter for a couple of years now. But I still just see him as like this athletic slam dunk champion. So mm-hmm. even now, knowing he's a great shooter, when he goes up for something, like, yeah, it's not going in. He's just a dunker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that kid can just light it up. He's one of those guys like when he gets it going, he's one of the few guys. It's like you text people like, "Hey, Levine, get to a screen pretty quickly." It's incredible. I love watching him. Get hot. So Oklahoma City got a pretty incredible game for Moses Brown. Uh, Second straight game for him uh, to to just show what he's capable of. He went career high tonight, uh, 20 points. He he got his career high 14 points in the first half. Um, So big night for him 16 rebounds 8 offensive rebounds 8 defensive rebounds and 5 blocks um go ahead and go ahead with the uh, Moses Brown stat of the night and uh the benchmark he hit oh yeah
1: he uh well there's two
0: yeah he had a there first
1: is. half uh he had a first half triple double with uh 14 points 10 rebounds and 10 commandments <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, I was pretty proud of that one. Uh,
0: I was hoping you. I was hoping that was the second one that you were bringing up.
1: Yeah, I, I nice. had I had to recycle that one. No, very. I had to lead with that one. It's better than the official stat. It
0: is. <laughs> it is. You, we should have responded to Thunder Communications with that. Like, hey, you guys missed this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we should have. Um, yeah, he uh, he was incredible tonight. Twenty points. Uh, he's only the second player in Thunder history to have over 20 points, 15 rebounds, and five block shots. Serge Ibaka was the other one. So you had last game, Poku became the youngest player in Thunder history to score 20 or more points passing Kevin Durant. Then you had Moses Brown uh, matching a Serge record tonight. These are two guys that were just recalled from the G League. So I yeah. guess that means that Ty Jerome is going to break uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook's 2020 game. Uh, next game out. It's just remarkable what these young guys are doing and how well they're playing. Moses though looks legit from the standpoint of his rebounding and his block shots. Mm-hmm. That's something he he showed in the G League and in limited time with the Thunder. He's seven foot two and he's long. Uh, the only reason he wasn't drafted or more highly thought of was just because he doesn't have a jumper. Mm-hmm. And in today's NBA, you know that's you know you can't have that. <laughs> that's like the letter A on your forehead. Uh, you just can't do it.
0: But yeah, his, do, he a. I, I do want like to say about. A, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh no, he just looks like it could be a legit player.
0: Yeah, and I I do want to say like it's, it's a bit of a reminder, right? About these G League guys are, <laughs> they're very good. If you if they get enough minutes in an NBA game, uh, they're going to, they're going to show you what they have. And Moses is doing the same thing. We saw it with. With Poku coming back, he's he's getting more and more comfortable. But yeah, these guys are when given the opportunity, they can you know they're they're there to take advantage of it. They don't want to go back to that that G League uh, that G League squad. They want to stay with this uh, with this Thunder team. So uh, good for Moses, to take advantage of the opportunity.
1: Yeah, and these guys, Sam Presti has a new type. He these guys are all try hard, high energy, high effort guys. So, you know, even on a night when the Thunder are getting blown out just because, I mean, they're playing G League players, they're playing third stringers, they're playing rookies and sophomores. I mean, the starting lineup was uh, the second or third youngest starting lineup of all time, something like that. I mean, it's, they're, they're transitioning fully to, to youth. They are trying very clearly to get a top five pick now. It's, it's like go time. Mm-hmm. But all that said, these young guys still want to play hard. They're trying to prove themselves. And that's why you see a guy like Moses Brown, yeah, it's a 20 point blowout, but he has a career night. Uh, You know, a guy like that, that's what this development is about. You might uncover a gem uh, that you would have never got. He would have never got minutes before. And you just look at his G League stats and like, yeah, it's G League. Justin Patton did that. Dakari Johnson did that. But then you give a guy minutes in a real game. Maybe he'll show out like Moses did tonight. And maybe there's something there.
0: Yeah. And the other parts of the G league conversation is that the uh, two of the guys that'll be in the top five of this year's draft uh, coming from that G league Ignite team, uh, Jalen green and, and uh, Jonathan Kaminga, those guys when evaluating them, just remember, they're playing against dudes like Moses Brown, who can come into an NBA game and perform. And they're playing with guys like Jarrett Jack and other, and other uh, former NBA players. So um, I would say that it's, don't don't underestimate the the talent that they've been going up against when you evaluate their tape and the numbers that they they've put up. Um, those guys are are legit, and I would say that the competition that they faced in in limited games is much higher uh, across the board than what uh, even a Cade or Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley have been going against in, this year in college.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that most people, when they hear G League, like a guys from the G League, it's obviously thought of as a second-rate league for good reason. It's not the NBA. And you think of guys, like I said, like Dakari or or Deontay Burton, who put up big numbers. But even over the last couple of years, the G League has been infused with a lot more talent than they were before, not only because of Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga, but guys like Jared Jack, they're, they're legitimate NBA players, whether that's future NBA players or guys that have played in the NBA that are, are bouncing back to the G League right now, guys that are forgoing college and, and want to get paid. There's more talent now in the G League than there was before. So the numbers, you can pay a little bit more attention to them. You don't have to just automatically, you know, poo-poo them away like you did before.
0: No question. When Deontay
1: Burton was scoring twenty five points a night,
0: and and like Lou Dort at the beginning of last year, he was putting up incredible numbers at the beginning of the season, and very quickly you saw um, guys that are really in tune with that league saying, you know, Oklahoma City has an incredible player playing for their G League team, and it's just a matter of time before he starts getting minutes. And literally within like ten to fourteen days, he was starting. Uh, for Oklahoma city that it is a much better barometer for a player right now than, than NCAA competition. Like it's just so much higher than, than college and even overseas, like these guys that are playing overseas, not necessarily where Poku came from, but a lot of, a a lot of leagues that you see overseas are even higher competition levels of competition than, than NCAA. So um very very good to see Moses Brown come up and and really do some stuff uh when given the chance he played almost you played right at 30 minutes tick under 30 minutes tonight um as did Poku and uh shea was another you know quality efficient scoring night from shea um he continues to the handle just continues to improve that that was my main takeaway from him tonight is how just easily he and comfortably, he gets by guys with the dribble. Now it's not just his speed and size; it's his it's his handle to get by guys.
1: Yeah, and he's doing this, like I mentioned, I think in a past pod, uh, with less space on the floor than yes. any other star player. I mean, it's it's a statistical fact now that he's doing this with less space, and you know he's doing this with, like we said, lesser players, and guys are are doubling him now. He's getting doubled in the paint. It doesn't matter who you throw at him, who's around him, who's who he's playing with, what defender is on him. He's going to get his and he's going to do it efficiently. It's really, really impressive what Shea's doing. And here's what's impressive, too. This was considered a bad night for him. He still scored 21 points in three quarters because he didn't play the fourth quarter on 10-17 shooting. Really should have been 11-17 shooting for 23 points, but Moses Brown just nicked the the basket on a on a really pretty shot, yeah. the layup that uh, that Shea had that actually went in, and Moses Brown didn't need to touch anything, and
0: Took two points off the board. I'll say the replays that I saw, it didn't look like he touched it. <laughs> it, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if you saw one where it was definitive. I could be totally wrong, but the every replay I saw, I kept looking for him his contact with the ball, and I just didn't see it.
1: Yeah, uh, I. I saw the replays, too, and it was hard to tell because he definitely goes up like he's going to hit it, and it's hard to tell if he actually pulls back in time because it's kind of like he realized, oh, the ball's going in. I don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. So he pulled away, and I can't tell um, if he made contact or if he pulled away. Um, Either way, though, uh, again, Moses Brown trying to hustle and make a play. Shea dropping a basket that shouldn't go in. You know, Shea had eight turnovers tonight, and it was kind of a talking point. In the media Zoom call. And to me, I was like, this is great. We're, you know, God love Russell Westbrook. He's my all time favorite player. (laughs) But if Russ got eight turnovers in a night, nobody's even talking about it. That's just, you know, it's just, you know, and it's not just Russ, James Harden, LeBron James. These guys get eight turnovers in a night all the time. Shea never does. It was a talking point. It was a big deal because Shea never turns the ball over like that. So to me, that was a good thing. It kind of brought, to the forefront and brought to the attention of of me and other people like oh yeah this is weird uh he had a lot of turnovers tonight
0: and it's another uh it's another positive i would say for oklahoma city to get some of these i mean you're gonna have you're gonna have those turnover nights with when you have such a a revolving rotation it's just not a it's not a consistent group night tonight and so yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be nights nice. we saw Roby with a bunch of turnovers uh, just a couple nights ago. So um, this was yeah. a night where this was a night where they the three point shot didn't bail them out like it did the other night. And when the the, the team turns the ball over like they did tonight, what was it? Seventeen turnovers. Uh, you're gonna especially against just eleven. I mean, for a long a lot of those a lot of the last few. For Chicago came in in garbage time. Like they they did a good job protecting the ball most of the night, and and when you're when Oklahoma City's not shooting the ball as well as they did the other night, you're going to see you know what you would expect to see with these lineups the way that they are a, a blowout loss.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the revolving door of players coming in and out. I mean, Shea's basically uh, introducing himself to his his teammates like before tip off, like oh, hey, I'm Shea. <laughs> who are you like every (laughs) night now? And so it's it's like pickup ball. Uh, You know, there's, there's not the chemistry. There's not, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me what Shays doing. I mean, you know, when you look at beyond the numbers, the numbers themselves are impressive. But when you look beyond the numbers, it gets even more impressive when you look at it in context. Uh, But one last thing I'll say about Moses Brown before I forget, I'm curious to see what happens with him as far as the possibility of him getting, a real NBA contract instead of the two way, mm-hmm. they might pull a Lou Dort special. They don't need to, but it might be a smart thing to go ahead and lock him in for a, a multi-year deal on a cheap contract. If they think that he's showing something now, maybe not, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. Maybe, you know, he's like, yeah, he's tall. He, he gets some blocks and some rebounds, but he's not, you know, going to be here long-term. But I don't know. I think there's something there with Moses Brown. I'm not saying he's going to be a, a starter or, you know, a difference maker but could he be a guy that that is a quality reserve uh center for you and and get you some rebounds and block shots and you might want to lock him up for a few years for cheap yeah i i could see that with him
0: yeah and a couple other guys i wanted to talk about as far as long term fits uh is the two just gems off the bench and that's Kendrick Williams we'll start with him he's got uh 2 years left on his on his deal, both at $2 million, same, same that he's making this year, but the last, the the last two years are team options. So um, do you, do you see them, you know, bringing him back, picking up that option for, you know, a bench role going forward? So Hamadou
1: Diallo was my biggest mystery as far as what the Thunder are going to do with him, because I felt like the smart thing to do was going to be to trade him because I didn't think they'd want to pay him off of an expiring contract, what he would want, but they were proud of his development. Now that he's been traded, my biggest mystery left is Kenrich Williams, because this guy is a real quality bench player. I mean, just everything. When you look at his plus minus, uh, the way he's scoring efficiently, he's shooting over 40% from three. Uh, he hustles everywhere. He gets rebound. He's just the perfect glue guy. I think he would be perfect on so many benches. And like you said, his contract is fantastic. I would say it's, it's the best on the team. If Lou Dort didn't exist. Uh, so I I think that they might keep him because his perceived value isn't going to be as high as his actual value. And so maybe, you know, let him play this year out. And then as he gets noticed more and maybe get some more minutes next season, uh, Maybe then you flip him uh when the value is higher and you can get something better for him. Or maybe you're like, hey, he's only 26. He could stick around and you know, be around for the long term. Uh I could see that well. I like him a lot.
0: Yeah. He's such a he's such a to his to his credit and his advantage, I think there it's gonna be easy for him, easier for him to stick because he's six six on nights where you know you have a Lou Dort out or um, you know, one of those two to two or three spots, uh, a guy goes down. He's such an easy plug and play guy in the starting lineup. You know,
1: I'll I tell you what, I think, and I mean this, I think he's the Thunder's best overall and most consistent bench player. And that includes Mike Muscala, who I like a lot. Uh, but Kenrich is so good on both sides and he's yeah. so versatile. He can play so many positions, he can play two through four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that includes Hamadou Diallo before they trade him just because of the consistency and because of the outside shooting and, again, the two-way playmate. But, again, I think the perceived value of Muscala and Hame would be higher. So I don't know if they trade him just because they couldn't get back what he's actually worth right now. I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, and like you're saying, like at $2 million, it's, it's a win either way. You know, it's a win right. whether they move on or if it's a win, it's a win if they keep him. And and the other guy that I wanted to talk about is Ty Jerome off the bench. He is uh, he really does look like a great one slash two guard uh, to to get minutes off the bench. Like if going forward your backup backcourt is Ty Jerome and Teo Maladon, like look out. Like the, that is a really really strong option off the bench.
1: Yeah, the, the Thunder had to figure out who they're going to put next to SGA and Dort uh, in the starting lineup for the future when they want to contend. But if you told me that the the backups were going to be Jerome, Maladone, Moses Brown, and Kenrich Williams for the next era of bas- uh, Thunder basketball, I'd say that is a great bench lineup. And that's only four guys, maybe throw in Poku, uh, you know, d- depending on what happens with him. But I, I really like the idea of the. Uh, the tie and Tao show mm-hmm. running the uh, backcourt on the bench that that could be a really, really solid. They're young. They can play the one and two, both of them. They can both shoot. They can both play, make, uh, they're both two way players potentially, uh, great, great future for the, the thunder bench backcourt. If you ask me.
0: Yeah. Um, they got another, you know, efficient a a night from uh, from Ty and Kenrich off the bench, and and that was really the unit. They went on a twenty-two to three run there in the second quarter, and uh, I believe they still lost the second quarter, but that was the only one that was. No, Oklahoma City won. Yeah, they won the second by six. Um, that was the uh, that was the quarter that brought them back pretty close, and I thought it was going to be you know a nail biter. It, it looked like it at halftime that this that this game was going to go. The distance and Chicago came out and just put the clamps on Oklahoma City in the third. Sixteen points for Oklahoma City in the third, and and that was about it. But um, yeah, I thought it was uh, you know, when you're looking at at uh at down the line, this is the kind of night you need, and this is the kind of night I think that Oklahoma City is expecting at when they put out you know a lineup and a roster like they did tonight.
1: Yeah, exactly. They, you know, the. The subtext here is that the Thunder are clearly going after a top five pick. Uh, as much fun as all these players are that we're talking about, they're not going to be the difference makers in contending for a title, which is the Thunder's ultimate goal. Shea is the guy. You know, you can contend with him, but you got to have blue-chip talent around him, and that's why the Thunder are not playing Al Horford or Lou Dort or Mike Muscala Uh that's why they're going to be trading George Hill uh, because that's what it's about. It's about putting an elite talent next to Shea. And then these other guys can helpfully, you know, fill in the edges and be better role players. That was probably the one thing, the first era of basketball, uh thunder basketball that was truly missing. You had Katie and Russ, and then you had some, some really great role players and surge and Adams. And then of course, Harden when he was here, um, but they didn't have, you know, when you're looking at say five through 10, that's where the Thunder were weak back in the day. When you're filling in with an aging Karan Butler, or, you know, I, I, it's hard to even think of the, I mean, as much as I love him, Amo, I mean, when you're <laughs> filling in the gaps with those guys, mm-hmm. maybe that these, these role players can be better for the Thunder moving forward. They just got to get that elite talent next to Shea. So, Find the positives in games like this. There's going to be 20-point blowouts, so look at the positives. Nobody really cares about the final score because that's not important.
0: No question. They they are doing themselves favors. And I was going to ask you, um, do you think we've seen the last Horford game?
1: I do. I do. I, I shouldn't say this, so – uh, oh, it sounds like I had some sort of like uh, source or something like that. I mean, i may <laughs> want to cut that out. That sounds way more excited, the, uh, exciting the, than, than what I the, intended. Just, just uh,
0: conjecture. Just conjecture. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, my guess here is that there's going to be an Al Horford trade, only because the Thunder are clearly not playing him so that they can lose games. But you can't do that for the rest of the season with Al Horford. He's too good. You can't just rest a guy that great of a player Uh, The Thunder don't want to do that. They're too classy to do that. Al Horford doesn't want to do that. He wants to play. He's too classy to do that. But he gets it. He gets the position they're in. Uh, So, you know, you can't just keep sitting him. But if you play him, him and Shea are going to win you too many games, especially when you look at this uh, group of games coming up. They got some real cupcakes coming up on the schedule. Uh, So if you want to lose games – and you don't want to play Al Horford. The really, the only solution is maybe there's a trade coming. That's I'm just guessing. Yeah, it's just conjecture, but but I'm just throwing it out there.
0: I'm uh, my my uh, Spidey senses are going off with these uh, right. with these Horford sits, you know. Yeah, um, well, I'll he's... say
1: this: uh, saying that he's not going to play another game for the Thunder seems a little crazy uh, because there's still a little bit of time for the trade deadline. But I I uh, yeah, I'm going to say it. Forget it. We go out
0: there <laughs> last so last game we've seen it um well I, I'm interested to see if it is because that obviously that gives Moses Brown like the green light for the rest of the year and uh and as well as Roby and and Poku, they're gonna get a ton of minutes Baisley uh if and when he's back like he's gonna get a ton of minutes which is I mean at the beginning of the, of the year that's what we all wanted right was to get these young guys max minutes and let them let them go uh, uh, learn a ton and get a lot of mistakes out and, and hopefully grow together while losing right, games. We kinda,
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we kind of lost the plot there for a little bit because the Thunder uh, were winning so many games and, and Shay was coming a superstar so it got kind of exciting to see the wins and and but but the point of the season was to bottom out and put a star next to Shea and got a little sidetracked but i think that the uh the train is back on course for that to happen
0: <laughs> that is the that is the best way to put it is they lost the plot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what a great description of of this oklahoma city season so far <laughs> they they went through a spell where they just lost the plot the idea was never to win uh you know, even 15 games, and, you know, I think we would have all set around 10 or 11 wins was what we thought this team was capable of. And and that was probably selling Shea, you know, too short. He's such a great player and he has taken such a leap that he's good enough to will a team. You know, if they get an enough, you know, enough shooting uh, from uh, from the other guys around him on on a few nights and yeah, they're going to win games because he is that good. Um, especially with a guy you know as uh, as professional as horford we haven't seen george hill in what seems like uh three years but um those guys are good enough to get get you a few more wins
1: right exactly that you're you're playing with fire if you if you allow somebody as good as al horford to play with shake Gilgis alexander yeah
0: totally <laughs> and i think we saw it pretty early on like they they uh they came out of the gate so strong and so competitive even, even when they lost, it was like, wow, (laughs) they're kind of (laughs) good. They're kind of good. And they play really well together. Uh, And again, this, this coaching staff is, is exceeding every single expectation. So this is kind of what we were expecting. It just took a while to get there.
1: I'm, I'm glad we're not going to see it, but I gotta wonder, I can't help but wonder how good a team they could have actually put out if everybody would have played together. If, Mm -hmm. if Trevor Reza would have actually played with the thunder and George Hill didn't get hurt. Now, Horford wasn't resting on back to backs and, and all those things. I just got to wonder, like, could they have made the playoffs? Like they were supposed to bottom out, but Shays leap and Al Horford proving that he still had, you know, shades of his all-star ability. Uh, it makes you wonder uh there the, 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 it just shows how much this team has overachieved and exceeded expectations it's just really impressive but let's get back to to trying to put a kuminga or one of the Jalen's or cater or mobley around around shea
0: we've uh we've talked a few times about these prospects and which ones we like and which ones we have a little higher than others and at the beginning of the year you were you were really, really high on Mobley and as kind of the guy behind you know, right after Cade. And I was like, you know, I'd rather them not take a big, but, man, I watched his his game the other night. Oh, my God, he is so awesome. He is so awesome on both ends. He has such incredible feel on the offensive end for his height, for his, for his size, for his position, and... He's lightning fast off the floor, second and third jump. He's such a great shot blocker. He has great feel for the, the game on both ends. It's amazing. He's such a good passer. He's a really – you know, he's a capable shooter, and I think that's only going to improve. But, man, he's good.
1: I'm telling you, man, he's like Moses Brown meets Cat.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's phenomenal.
1: No, I, I'm, I really – you know, obviously, Kate is my number one guy. But I think truly the drop off from K to Mobley is smaller than the drop off for me, uh, th- than the the rest of the three. Like I I am a big Mobley guy, and you know I'm not high on taking a center. You know when you when you want a blue chip talent, I'd rather it be a wing because those are the more dominant guys in today's era of basketball. But that's how good I think Mobley can be. I think. There's five guys that are, you know, franchise guys, but I think the two at the top, Kate and Mobley, I think they're truly, truly special. Like, you know, talk about possible generational type talents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that those two guys stand out. That's how good I think Mobley is.
0: He is, he is incredible. And as is uh, Jalen Suggs, I'm excited to watch Gonzaga. Um, it, I, I'll just say it now. I've got Gonzaga winning the whole thing, and I'm—I don't think I've ever been this comfortable filling out a bracket, at least like as far as the winner, like pretty easy uh, for me. And we'll we'll probably old takes expose this uh, clip here whenever they lose in like the second round. But man, Gonzaga, yeah. Gonzaga is so awesome. Really yeah, no, excited Gonzaga- to watch Suggs play.
1: Yeah, Gonzaga is amazing. I'd be happy with with Suggs. I'd be really happy with Corey Kispert. Uh, with, you know, if, if the Thunder somehow get, hopefully not with their own pick, uh, you know, that would be a disaster if that's <laughs> the best pick that the Thunder get. But if for some crazy reason, Christian Wood came back and Oladipo got it together and the the Rockets started winning some games, if the Thunder could somehow get Kispert with that pick, that would be fantastic. Uh, that Gonzaga team's really good.
0: Yeah, they're awesome. i I've been, uh, watching a little more of Scotty Barnes and they're, you know, people that haven't quite caught up to what Oklahoma city looks like this year. And the, the prospects that Presti seems to be more interested in, um, they all are like, you know, what an Oklahoma, Oklahoma city type of prospect, a guy who, you know, struggles shooting, but is such a versatile defender and has, and is just a massive player. Um, so it, it does make me wonder, like if they, if they have their pick, you know, if they if they get their pick of the best of the rest outside the top five, is that who they go with? Because he is, he is that type of guy. He is everything that Oklahoma City went after pre two thousand and twenty. So I'm very curious to see if that's who they if that's who they're targeting, or if they're if this new era will be uh, more about shooting and and skill guys. Like, kiss. I, really,
1: I really, truly think that the Thunder have, have kind of turned the page. And everybody that they brought in uh, since they've started the rebuild has been guys that can playmake, they can pass, they can dribble, they can shoot, or at least have the ability to shoot. Uh, usually two-way players. So I really think that the, the stereotypical punchline of long, athletic defenders who can't shoot is a thing of the past. And it makes you wonder how much of that was Sam Preston and how much of that was Troy Weaver. Because, look, Troy Weaver wanted Hamadou Diallo pretty badly. He wanted Jeremy Grant, although Jeremy Grant can shoot now, obviously. But but you do wonder how much of that you know was Weaver's influence and how much was Preston. It was probably both. Uh, but maybe uh, Troy Weaver and the Pistons go after Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Scotty Barnes is a, is a really good player, and I would like him if the Thunder – have a top five pick and they take one of those other five guys i'd be more than happy to take scotty barnes with the second one but scotty barnes is not the second guy i want to put next to Shay to build around they've got to have somebody that can shoot in this era of basketball you can't waste a a top pick on a guy who's a project uh shooting i don't think and no disrespect to scotty barnes i think he's gonna be a great player but he's got to be on the right team surrounded by guys who can shoot and then he can be a real impact player
0: yeah he feels so spursy to me Every time I watch him, I just think about – I just picture him in a Spurs uniform. Oh, what you're saying about putting somebody with that second pick, if, if Oklahoma City were to get into the top five and then had a second pick in the top ten, I think it's – I mean, Kispert is the – is such an awesome player to put with one of those top five guys plus Shea, plus Dort. You know, he's, he's such a skilled player – a very very uh he like kind of has everything as far as offense goes. He's an elite shooter. He's probably the best shooter in the draft. And and then he has but he he's not just a shooter.
1: Corey, Corey Kispert is who Miami Heat fans think Tyler Hero is.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I was going to say I mean he, he it's it's kind of a lazy comparison admittedly because he he kind of looks like him, but the Joe Harris comparison has been thrown out a bunch. I think he just has more to his game than like he kind of reminds me more of like like Chandler Parsons or like Tim Hardaway Jr. Like someone that's just got a bit more to his game on the offensive end than just shooting, Uh, even though he is. I mean, that will be the the focal point of his game. People will run him off the line, but he is he has so much more to offer as a playmaker and a screener and a passer. He's really big and so yeah i'm excited for kispert no matter where he goes like he's one of my favorite guys
1: yeah i think that he's the guy outside of the top five you know i I, maybe i should say outside of the top seven or eight there's so many interesting guys in that six to 14 area yeah that uh you know when you look at springer and you look at jalen johnson you look at kispert uh there's a lot of really interesting guys scotty barnes dyer williams uh, but Kispert is one that stands out to me just because maybe because Thunder fans have been so starred for shooting for so long. You see anybody that can, you know, shoot 40% from three. You're like, oh, that's the guy. Take that guy. Exactly. Uh, so, but I would love uh my, my dream scenario would be for the Thunder to to pick either Kate or Mobley, but if not one of the other three guys and then Kispert, uh, you know, whether that's trading up or with, with, the the Miami pick and maybe the Golden State or Timberwolves pick or whatever it may be to get Kispert to add as well. That'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah. And another guy uh people seem really high on is is Book Knight from uh from UConn. Have you seen any of him?
1: I have, yeah. Yeah. I like him as well. Uh as a matter of fact, one of the uh one of the mocks had the Thunder taking him. It may have been I don't know if it was the ringer or the athletic some mock had mm-hmm. the Thunder with him, but uh
0: He's quite a scorer. Oh, he can really score it.
1: Yeah, I like him. I like Moses Moody. Yeah, uh, there are some really interesting guys in that. But I really—that's why I want a top five pick and a top ten pick.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if if they can get like, if they could get like you know three or four, and then like nine, like, eight or nine, like they're gonna feel so good about about where they are.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when you look at this year and how competitive they accidentally were. Yes. think about when they add if they could add some elite rookie talent and then try to be good
0: <laughs> exactly then they then they have the opportunity and a team that can actually do what this team thinks they can do right and that's right. seven that's seven to ten that seven to ten play in is not going away the the league sees too much uh too much money staring at them uh, from from adding those games to do away with them. That is gonna stick around. And so uh even if you are, you know, kind of where Oklahoma City is right now, just with a bit better of a roster, that you're gonna have your shot, you know, at playing one of those at playing in that in that play in uh series. And and that's even more exciting to think about that a young team with a lot of promise can can really go and, and play in high stakes games even if they aren't in the top eight.
1: Yeah, it's exciting for the Thunder for two reasons. Like you said, you know, as the team starts to be a playoff-worthy team again, that they could have an extra shot at, at making the playoffs with a couple of extra seeds. But then on the other side of that, as the real rebuilding, there's going to be teams that maybe would have thought about tanking, but they're too close to the playing. So they're actually going to try, which will make it easier for the Thunder to kind of tumble down the uh, standings a little bit and get a higher pick. So it could work out for the thunder both ways while the rebuilding and when they want to compete again.
0: And we, we mentioned Trevor Ariza earlier, and we should mention, uh, Kevin O'Connor put out a tweet, uh, during the game, uh, a report that says sources, the heat and thunder are discussing a trade that would send Trevor Ariza to Miami, Oklahoma city is seeking a second round pick for Ariza from numerous playoff teams with interest. So, that's interesting on a few levels, but the main thing that sticks out to me is that more than one team is is talking to Presty about Ariza, which means leverage for Presti, which usually means uh, fun times in the yeah. four or five. Yeah. Um. So that's good. Um. I saw another tweet. Uh, this is uh at our Baby Cakes. Let's go ahead and give uh, credit. Uh, any contender going after Ariza should be going after Kenrich instead, and that's. Having not seen Ariza all year, I think I think there's a lot of validity to that.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you. Like I said, Kenrich is my favorite Thunder bench player. I think he's the best one. But the perceived value, like I go back to that, he's just not thought of. I mean, these other teams, you know, he's kind of this hidden gem right now. So the Thunder probably want to boost up his value, whether it be for a future trade or to keep him. Uh, So I'm with Albie on that one. Uh, as far as Ariza goes, getting anything for him is a huge win, and the Thunder are going to. Yeah. But that's what stuck out to me as well was the several teams part. Uh, because if you're looking for a second-round pick for Miami, that's going to be a bad second-round pick. They only have one left, and it's in 2027. Or they have the lesser second-round pick between the Nuggets and the 76ers, which is also going to be <laughs> an awful second-round pick. So if there's other teams interested and if they're trying to make the salary filler Myers Leonard which is a, a little bit of PR hit even if you immediately cut him mm-hmm. there's going to be other teams that can beat that Miami deal. Miami will have to sweeten it and make it a little bit better if they truly want Ariza.
0: If if they want Ariza, hopefully Presti can hopefully Presti uses other offers to get protections off of a future you know, maybe a pick that we already have from Miami. Um but the other – I mean, other teams could come in and easily beat that. Like you're saying, that's a bad second-round pick.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, so I, I would expect now that it's out uh, for something to happen quickly. Usually, Thunder deals don't linger. Once mm-hmm. it's out there, it must be close to, to happening. That's a good And Presty just doesn't like those to linger. So whether it's Miami or another team steps up, because he's using this as leverage I'd expect in the next day or two which is exciting.
0: How fun would it be to just get to just get to listen in on Presti and Pat Riley talking about the value of players.
1: Oh, I mean those two guys, I mean they're two of the best GMs in the league and that's why it's so funny to think of them getting a deal done because they usually get the most value and fleece the other guy. So, you know, I don't this is just going to have to be a fair straight even value trade because neither of them are going to get beat in a trade
0: and they were and those two were close to a deal reportedly close to a deal last year around the deadline for gallinari
1: yeah exactly but one of them probably thought that the other one was getting like 51 percent value and they were getting 49 value yes. so they're like no it's not yes. happening exactly <laughs> so
0: you've got two guys that are very much not trying to uh to give away uh any any wiggle room in a trade right? The, the pre- and like we talked about, it's, this is, I just, I wouldn't mind Presty taking a couple lumps in deals just to get these guys that are, are, uh, you know, in, that really improve the team, get those, to get those guys away, you know, just to get, I mean, and they could, they can sit them. they don't have to necessarily move them for less than, than what they're worth just to not have them on the floor. But, um, that's, that's really what I'm focusing on. If, if there is a trade that happens that you're not like, wow, Pressy didn't get that much. That may be kind of the thought process for those.
1: Yep. Yep. The, it, it may be a addition by subtraction addition yes. being yes. a better draft pick subtraction being, you know, you, you lose the value, but whatever.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, all right. Oklahoma city is back at it on Thursday. Um, and they are at Atlanta. We'll see, uh, Atlanta got a win tonight over Houston. Houston has now lost 17 straight, uh, pretty remarkable. Speaking of a team who has not lost the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see how it goes on Thursday night. Brandon, uh, thank you very much for joining me, man.
1: Absolutely. My man. Have a good night,
0: Ryan. All right. Thunder fans talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. This is the daily thunder podcast.